Hello and welcome. Today we're talking about how Premier is helping you succeed in a value-based reimbursement world. I'm your moderator, Leslie Lane. This podcast series focuses on Premier Health Plan, the health insurance company that Premier Health created to support the system's vision of building healthier communities and healthier people. Today, we'll discuss one of the plan's care advising programs that are designed to help you help your patients to be healthier. Today, our subject is the Complex Care Program, and with me to explain it are Dr. Todd Kepler, Medical Director of Premier Health Group. We're glad you're with us. Thank you, Leslie, and thanks for having me back. And Dr. Eric McHenry, a primary care physician with South Dayton Family Physicians. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Leslie. And Care Advisor Shelby Shipley. You hold an RN, a BSN, and you're a certified dementia practitioner. Welcome. Yes, thank you for allowing me to be here. So Dr. Kepler, if you can start off by please telling us what the Complex Care Program is and what the impetus was for developing it. The Complex Care Program is an additional level of care coordination that we have for our patients. And this includes monitoring for patients with multiple chronic conditions uh, and those patients that have high utilization of medical services. So we take a team approach in order to provide these services. That includes a local medical director, RN care advisors, clinical pharmacists, registered dietitians, and social workers. And we try to really uh, look at all of the problems that may be facing a patient. You also asked what was the reason for starting the program, and I really think that can be boiled down to two uh, reasons. Number one is just our patient-centered approach. Healthcare is becoming a lot more complex, and for our most vulnerable patients, they find themselves on multiple medications, requiring multiple services, maybe they're in and out of the hospital, in and out of the emergency department, And being given this additional support system can be very helpful in those times of need for both the patient and the family. The other is that we want to be very sensitive to value-based care. And value-based care is really providing the highest quality and great outcomes in a cost-efficient manner. Most people don't know this, but about 1% of patients account for approximately 23% of total health care costs, and about 5% account for 50% of the total costs. So if we are able to intercept those patients that we anticipate will be driving a lot of costs in the future, we may help the patient and help the system, and likewise our community in decreasing that total cost of care. So, Dr. Kepler, who is a good candidate for the complex care program? Can you give us an example? The uh, patients that are identified are identified through a software, and the software takes many pieces of information about the patient. This is information coming from claims data and from the electronic medical record, and we're able to identify those patients who are the sickest. These may be patients that have multiple medical problems. Perhaps due to claims data, we're recognizing they're not getting prescriptions filled. They may have gaps in care, which would be best evidence-based practices, uh, but we identified 
through the medical record and through the uh, claims data that they're not having those services done. And when those patients are identified, we hand it over to our care advisor who's able to engage the patient. So let's look at the complex care program in a doctor's practice. Dr. McHenry, what is the role of the doctor's practice in the complex care program? Thank you, Leslie. Well, first of all, being a busy family practitioner here in Kettering, we have many, many patients who come to our practice with all different types of needs. It's very important for us to look at the software data that's presented us from the care advisor who shows us patients who are in need of additional help. Many of these patients, we might have an idea of already who would be a good candidate, but some of them are new to us. Uh, some of them have been in the emergency room multiple times. We've had extended hospital visits, and it's costing a tremendous amount of money and resources to care for them. Uh, other people may have psychosocial issues at home where they don't have access to care. Uh, there may be noncompliance with medications and testing. And our role is to simply to work with the care advisor to identify who these patients are in need and establish a relationship so we can fill those gaps, fill those voids to coordinate their care in a more efficient manner. Well, let's hear from Shelby because you are the care advisor. You're obviously critical to the success of the complex care program. Tell us what a care advisor does and what you hope to achieve. As a care advisor, I outreach to members telephonically. I conduct a comprehensive assessment. That assessment addresses their medical, their behavioral, their pharmaceutical, as well as their social needs of the patient. And then based on that assessment, I create a care plan with oversight from the primary care physician. And together, we help to address those needs that have been identified. We work together to resolve barriers and just to overall improve the patient's knowledge of their disease process so that we can enhance their self-management skills. And by using this care plan as a guide, I'm able to help identify the gaps in care, such as a mammogram or a colonoscopy that may be outstanding, as well as barriers such as knowledge deficits about their disease process or social issues such as being unable to afford their medications or their office copays. And many times patients do not have reliable transportation to go to follow-up appointments or testing. So ultimately, my goal as a care advisor is to educate, advocate, and empower our members to take better control of their own health management. So I understood you to say that you're talking to people by phone. So you're not physically, say, in Dr. McHenry's practice. And then how do you interact with Dr. McHenry and the staff? Well, I am able to make appointments with the patient and with Dr. McHenry or any other primary care physician and sit down together as a team with the patient and work together to develop that care plan so that everyone is on the same page. So there is a time when you are physically Yes. In front of the patient and the physician? Yes, there oh, okay. are times. Okay. Uh, also, I visit the doctor's office, usually quarterly, share with them the patient roster, a uh, list of their members uh, that I could potentially outreach, and together we decide which members on that list would best qualify or, or best benefit from this program. Well, so that we can understand how this works in practical terms, could you Tell us about somebody you're working with now or recently and start with how you became involved and then maybe some specifics about 
what you did along the way to help that plan member? Um, I typically become involved with a member either by reviewing that quarterly roster with the primary care doctor, uh, by following up with the patient after discharge from the hospital, or through the stratification process and computer software that Dr. Kepler mentioned. And one member that I recently assisted, she had just come home from the hospital. Of course, she had declined home care referral when she left the hospital, but then she was home a few days and realized she needed more help. And notoriously, this of course happened on a late Friday afternoon. The doctor's office had already closed. The home care referral had already expired. So I reached out to the hospitalist and I asked that doctor to refresh the home care order. And I called Fidelity Healthcare and made a referral. And I called the patient back to ensure her that someone would be coming to check on her that weekend. And you know, Leslie, I felt really good at the end of the day. I felt like I had given her hope uh, because she was really worried that she would be there the whole weekend by herself. And I also hope I diverted uh, an emergency room visit for that patient. How did you come to know that she was at home feeling this need? I'm, I'm not understanding that link. How did that happen? Yes, yes. Because everybody was closed. and <laughs> Right. Right. Yes, each day I have patients that come to my list through that stratification process. The system automatically alerts me when a patient goes into the hospital and when they're discharged from the hospital. And then I outreach that patient within the first 24 to 72 hours. So that's how I came in contact with that patient was she came to my list after being discharged from the hospital. So Shelby, you mentioned connecting members with, uh, with that particular member with Fidelity. So I understand part of your job is connecting people with community resources. I'm curious to know how you know about all of the community resources and how that works that you actually you know, make those linkages for them. Well, sometimes it's just based off of my own experience and my own um, assessment of the patient and then communicating that back to the doctor. I'm very appreciative of working with Dr. McHenry and his group. They're very quick to respond to my request, whether it is a request for home care referral or equipment or I have a concern that a patient might have a bladder infection you know, something that could be going on, or maybe the patient just is having a bad day and they really need to get in to see the doctor today. So I can help make that phone call for them, uh, help schedule that appointment, and, you know, let the doctors know the urgency that I feel this is so they can get the patient in sooner. Once I get that home care referral, I oftentimes call Fidelity and just give them a heads up on what's going on with the patient so it's a continuity of care and the, the transition flows well. I can also identify if the patient has any equipment needs and let the doctor know this patient could really benefit from a walker uh, or even a physical therapy referral to see if they would, would benefit from a device. I can also make referrals to the Area Agency on Aging if the patient has any needs for like Meals on Wheels, transportation, a fall button, or even just housekeeping assistance. And many times I send out referrals for grief counseling. So many of our members have spouses, loved ones, children, whatnot that have passed. 
and many times they're socially isolated anyway, and the grief can overwhelm them. So that's one of the things I try to do is focus on, on getting them help within the community for grief. And then I rely a lot on our program social worker. Our social worker, Kelly, has many resources that she knows what the patient can qualify. She can help them get established with additional you know, utility payment help, uh, medication assistance. There's a lot of things that the social worker can also uh, offer to the patient. It sounds like a very comprehensive array of services that you can connect people with, and also that you have backup. That was an interesting yes, point to hear. Yes, our whole team works together, not only with the physician, the patient, our program pharmacist, our social worker, our dietitian, and even some of those patients that need the behavioral health services. We all can work together as a team for the best outcome for the patient. So Dr. McHenry, Thinking about the complex care program since you adopted it in your practice, what are some of the other ways you've seen the program help your patients? Well, thank you, Leslie. I'm a busy family doctor in a a very large volume practice, and we see many, many patients who fit this complex care uh, model. Uh, They have many health care needs, dementia, diabetes, et cetera. Uh, Many of these people have problems that we can't identify in any one particular office visit. They may not be prepared for their office visit with questions uh, that we need to answer. They may have issues at home that they don't tell us about, uh, and oftentimes we'll lean on our care advisors, and that's where Shelby has helped me out in many ways. Uh, A couple of perfect examples I can think of right off the bat. Uh, Number one, I can think of a diabetic who comes in and wants me to help regulate her diabetes, which is out of control. The first thing I ask is, where's your diabetic logbook? Well, there is no diabetic logbook. She really has no idea how to check her sugars. Shelby can take that initiative uh, post-visit and, and make sure she knows how to check her sugars or make sure she's recording them so they come back to me so I can help regulate uh, her insulin or her other diabetic medications. Uh, I can think of another patient where Two people were at home where one lady was confused and has some dementia, and her husband uh, is is upset and can't care for her needs, but they don't don't bring in those issues with me to the office. Uh, Let me know what extra help that they need at home. And again, that's another piece where Shelby can identify and talk to them over the phone and let me know what barriers to care there are uh, at home that I need to address. So it helps prepare that visit. That may be upcoming. She may help coordinate a visit or initiate one that may not have been identified already. And I come and prepare, and I can say, so you are having problems at home, or you are having problems checking your sugars. Let's get that fixed. Because those types of things help prevent unnecessary hospitalizations, unnecessary emergency room visits that so often tax our system. And it makes me more efficient as a health care provider. Uh, as well as my uh, medical assistants. They don't have the time to reach out and and meet those needs, and that's when we lean on Shelby. So I have a question for both of you, and that is, what do the members think? Well, first of all, people today want service. People today want doctors, uh, medical teams to care. And when you reach out personally and call them and ask them what their needs are and don't seem like you're in a hurry, and trying to take care of all the things that they want addressed, it leads to high degrees of patient satisfaction and high degrees of quality. 
the patients that I've worked with on these complex care initiatives with Shelby have used her name in person and said that they really appreciate her reaching out and making these phone calls to her and appreciates the fact that we're in communication and that it is a team approach. It's not just a doctor telling them what they need to do and then I'll see you next visit. Medicine isn't that way. As soon as they leave, a lot of times by the time they get to the parking lot, they forgot half of what I said. They really do. And it's really sad. Like, I forgot what you told me. Was I supposed to increase my insulin? Was I supposed to take that medicine? And we have no idea what they're doing at home. And this is where we work on as a team. And the patients are really, really appreciative of it. And it really improves uh, patient satisfaction and quality. So, Shelby, what do you hear from the members? Well, I agree. The majority of my patients that I contact are very appreciative that I'm just calling to check on them. Uh, and they're thankful for the education that I provide to them. I routinely have both current and previous patients that contact me, whether it's for advice or guidance. Um, sometimes it's months after they've been discharged from the program, and they call me and just say, I didn't know who else to call. Can you please help me? I even had a previous patient call me several months after I discharged him from a COPD program, and he called to ask me, my face is drooping and my tongue is sideways. What should I do? And because he trusted me, he was able to say, okay, you're right, I need to go to the hospital. Whereas many times I think patients will delay going to the hospital when they really need to or even contacting the primary care doctor. Uh, many times I do call and I can hear in their voice or over the phone, they're short of breath, they're coughing. Are you going to call the doctor? Oh, if I feel better tomorrow, I'll call. And that's where I can step in and say, let's be more proactive and call the doctor today. It's obviously a big job with a lot of responsibility, and yet I really hear in your voice and see in your face that you are just a passionate advocate. Why are you so passionate about this role? Um, to me, I believe knowledge is power. So by teaching members how to be proactive about their health management, I believe I can help empower them to lead healthier lifestyles and to be more aware of the signs and symptoms that they can self-manage at home versus the signs and symptoms that they really need to reach out to the doctor or even seek immediate attention. So that's where I get my passion is from helping the patients and helping them get the care that they need at the level that is appropriate. I heard you, you mention earlier about the patient who um, was discharged from the hospital. Oh, no, I don't need any help. How do you encourage members to accept the help? Because people do want to be independent, take care of themselves, and not have to lean on somebody. Honestly, Leslie, a lot of people are fearful of having so many people in and out of their house. Different people. They don't know those people. They think it's going to be an interruption in their home life. And I help to explain to them that it's an additional team. It's another set of eyes to look at them and help them in the event that they can't get into their doctor's office for a week or two. I explain to them how their home care company, they can call them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and have a nurse come out and check on them rather than going to the hospital. And many times I use the approach, you know, when you're in the hospital, you have people in and out of your room all day long. And then at 3 o'clock, it's shift change, and you have a whole new set of people in and out of your home. 
So I try to explain to patients that once you get used to the people entering your home and get a, a connection with them, that it makes it a lot easier. And most of the patients, when I explain to them, the better they take care of their health concerns now, the less problems they will have in the future. And if that means a home care nurse or a therapist or um, an area agency on aging referral would help them, usually once you explain the benefits to the patients, then they will be more agreeable to it. I'd like to put a question to Dr. McHenry. Um, from your perspective, what you would say to the doctors who are wondering about bringing care advising and the complex care program into their practice and how it might benefit them, what would, what would you say? Well, I think they need to be open to it. I think the days are long gone. I know the days are long gone where it's just the doctor telling a patient what to do and I'll see you in a few months. We have to be open to these complex care teams, that it provides so many more aspects to better care. There's so many gaps in care that I mentioned earlier that we really, really need to fill. Because as we fill those gaps, that's what's going to prevent against a lot of unnecessary hospital visits, ER visits, and really just poor health care. Knowledge is everything, and I appreciate you saying that, Shelby. When you sit down and you talk to people and you teach them, they make better informed decisions because a lot of people just don't know or they get the wrong information from the wrong source. So I think when other doctors who are busy and they're just, they have too much in their hands, I think they need to reach out to the care advisors because they can be helpful. They'll take a lot of work off of their hands by preparing their visits or answering these patients' questions that we don't have the time to do or we don't have the staff uh, resources to take care of. So I think in that respect, it's, it's, it's only a benefit. It's a great benefit to you as a staff, to as a, a busy doctor, as well as to the patient as well. So Dr. Kepler, how does somebody get started? If they are not using care advisors, how do they get started? We have that risk identification tool that I mentioned early in the program. And we look at the reports on a regular basis, and we identify the top three to five percent of patients that are at highest risk. And then our uh, care advisors take those lists and they take those out to the physician offices, communicate with the doctors uh, who is on that list, and then start making the outreach calls. So Dr. Kepler, I'd like to ask you how you describe the success of the program thus far. There are national studies that have been done that show uh, this care model works. These are validated studies and show that it helps with both quality and total cost of care. Locally, we have compared our data from 2015 and 2016 against other data with five other large healthcare systems in Ohio. And during that 24-month period of time, our system was the only one out of the six that was able to show total cost of care decreasing in diabetic patients. And I think that brings up a good point. Uh, we are not just talking about the most frail of individuals. We are also talking about a 45-year-old that may have diabetes, but because of the risk stratification and all of the clinical indicators we are receiving, it looks like they may be getting into trouble. And certainly if we can intercept 
with our care advising programs and encourage the patient to make lifestyle changes, get those gaps closed, and make sure they're compliant with their treatment, we may be able to really improve their quality of life. So that's at one level. I think the second level is really evidenced by Dr. McHenry's and Shelby's uh, their, their conversation today. I think they both show a lot of passion about what they do in their work, and they really show a lot of passion about what we're trying to do with Premier Health, and that is to build healthier communities. Good for the practice, good for people. Well, I want to thank you all for sharing your insights about Premier Health Plan and the Complex Care Program. We'll talk about transition care in our next podcast, and we hope you will tune in. Meanwhile, thank you to Dr. Todd Kepler, Medical Director of Premier Health Group, Dr. Eric McHenry, Primary Care Physician with South Dayton Family Physicians, and Care Advisor Shelby Shipley. I'm your moderator, Leslie Lane. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.